Welcome back to Mad Radio Network. This is The Last Word on Hockey, Season 3, Episode 12. I'm your host, Jim Berenger, alongside Coach Jay and Mark Weiss. Guys, welcome back to another episode. Last week was jam-packed. Great viewership, great comments as always on our shows. But boys, welcome back. Noon hour, we're going to kick you off early today because it's a jam-packed NHL schedule plus NFL playoffs. So... You know, we want to get in before the the uh, the rush. Sounds There's good. Three guys. early games. Uh, yeah, three early back, games. Welcome back, Islanders. Yeah, Islanders. They played Thursday night, and now they're gonna play again. Welcome back. You know, they got. It's funny. So you know, we'll start because you said right off the top, Islanders. Welcome back. You know, we're gonna bounce around a bunch of teams, but we'll start right there with the Islanders, undefeated in 2022. They've only played two games, and they've only <laughs> played like three games over the last like. Two weeks, it seems. Barely teams um, play more often than the Islanders. It, re- it really is, but it's funny. You go back to their home. They're, I believe they're 5-0-1 over their last six games at uh, at UBS Arena. And I point to uh, CM Punk at, when Dynamite was yeah. at uh, – when I was at UBS Arena, he was putting down the Islanders, and he's, and he's like, I know why the Islanders aren't winning here in Long Island, I might as well just call Barry Trotz because the noise, you couldn't hear anything in there. The people weren't getting loud. Now they're getting loud, and the Islanders are playing well. And they played a good game against the Devils the other night. I thought it was entertaining. Oh, that, that, they seem to get, be getting their own rivalry going. They were both all very chippy and lots of lots of hard-hitting and fights going on. Looks like Devils Islanders are becoming a rivalry of their own again. Well... You know, gets lost in the shuffle is everyone always thinks Rangers Islanders or Rangers Devils, because I guess two thirds of the fans in the metropolitan area seem to be Ranger fans. But everyone forgets that Islanders Devils is no walk in the park. It never has been. No, no it never has been. I mean, go back. I remember. I think it was '96. I think I believe Mike Dunham was playing for the Devils, and him and like Tommy Soderstrom had like a big goalie fight. Like there was a big brawl in like 96 going back in the day. I could be wrong on the Devils goalie, but I'm pretty sure Tommy Soderstrom was in net for the Islanders because I was at the game. Uh, but the I Gordon remember Fisherman uh, uniform. Yeah, exactly. The Gordon I remember Fisherman those uniforms. Uniform. Fish those are Dan Fischler uniform. They were cool-looking uniforms, except, you know, I mean, that's always been a thing with Islander fans. But, yeah, except I kind of remember that. point in their franchise, especially that was during the Spano yeah, that was that whole debacle with Spano oh. and and yeah, uh, that's what that reflects. So Mike Mill and Mike Billberry like and and everything like that. But it seems like the Islanders have turned things around here. You know, obviously, you know, we've talked about Ilya Sorokin and that he's been really good this year for them. Continues to stay. One. He is their number one this year. Yep. Varlamov is their number two, and there may have been been some talk of they may be training Varlamov to get out of that contract. But you don't know what Lou has in store with this Islanders team. But what I do, what I am liking, and what they're doing finally, that a lot of people said they needed to do was get younger up front. 
and Oliver Wallstrom's in the lineup. Kiefer Bellows is in the lineup. They're adding more grit. They're playing better. You know, they're getting healthier, but they're not relying a lot on the aging veterans. They're going down the youth movement, which is something they needed to do to be successful this year. Even Dobson on the back end, too. Yep. It's in the back end part of that defense that, you know, it's showing what it takes to 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 make for the last two years of that team the de- you know the the defense uh what it takes to do it to play the system to to do it for such a long time you need, you need the young ways you need the youth unfortunately we're old guys and you move for the old guys but for that kind of system with the trots you know needs they this it just showed the beginning of the year and they're trying to fix it good for them they haven't given up. No one's given up on the season. Well, rest assured, they'll need those older guys in the playoffs where experience counts. But it's nice to have that youth in the regular season, especially since they're going to have to be making up an awful lot of games, you know, in a compressed period of time with a lot of travel involved in it. So they're going to need those young legs. I agree with that. They're definitely going to need the young legs. I think they're starting to find their mojo again. Um, it's unfortunate they have all these breaks in the schedule, but they they got a win against the undermanned Devils team, which the game could have gone either way. But the Islanders need to really rack up wins and, and points right now because I believe they're what sixteen points out of the, the second wild card, so they have to make up a lot of ground after a slow start and a lot of games postponed. And you know they today you know they got the win against New Jersey. Let's see if they can take advantage of a weaker goaltending in Washington with Samsonov and Vanacek than we thought it was. I, I think, the, you know, the big thing with the Capitals was early on they could score outscore their problems. Defensively, like there's a lot of – yeah, like a lot of teams. And now their defense is breaking down and their goaltending is breaking down. And I think with the Islander speed, especially with Barzell, they could take advantage of that. They, they certainly can. I mean, Washington got out of the gates really fast, and it looked good. I mean, it, it really did. But then, you know, every team has that point in the season where they kind of, you know, either level off or take a little bit of a swoon. Now it's up to the goaltending tandem of Washington to step up and really play big. And if they don't, then this team is going to drop from that top three. And when they make the playoffs, they could be a one and done. I hate to sound gloomy about it, but that's what I'm seeing from Washington right now. Well, look at our beginning of the year predictions in in the Metro. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, absolutely, it's the, only, the, the, the only grind of a long season, the, the first Islanders. long season. It show it's it it's evening out in some ways. Um, the only thing off from our predictions is the Islanders, and look, there's well, so everybody. many extenuating circumstances that throws that off. One is the fact that the 13 games on the road to start the season to the fact that the league really screwed up the COVID protocol for the Islanders when they were missing almost all their defense, the league still made them play games. Whereas other teams, it seemed like they, they were getting postponements. The Islanders weren't. And now all of a sudden they're getting all these postponements. And so it's thrown off their ability to get continuity. I'm not making excuses for them or, you know, our predictions of it, but I'm just saying now that they're going to start playing those games again, let, let's see how that works out. Well, like we said last week about with the COVID situation, how the league needs to get it right. This is definitely a season that they need to learn from and get it right still. 
I mean, there are a lot of teams that are going to say, but when we were, you know, like again, you're saying the Islanders, and they made them play with almost half of their roster in COVID. And then for some teams stopped their games that they didn't have to play. It's not, it's almost not a fair season for, for everyone. Kate, this is the season. They got to learn from this and get defense. it right. Their defense was decimated due to COVID and they were, and they moved Char up to a top three defender, which we know at, at the age of 96, he's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true because like, we all agreed that Char coming in should have he should have been a sixth, seventh pair guy. When he's playing top three minutes, that's not good. That's not going to help your team anywhere. Because considering he was getting beat all the time, now Jim, that they're deep, Jim, that, what do we what do we say when we play in hockey tournaments about old guys? Yo, protect the old, hide the old guys, hide the old guys, and they put him in the forefront. And they and it wasn't their fault. They they were their back was up against the wall because of COVID. Right, exactly. It was up against the wall, COVID, all circumstances aside. They want to open the building. I get all that stuff. But now they're starting to play a little bit better under Barry Trotz. The, the system, like I said, the young players, they made the transition uh, with Sorokin in between the pipes. Now you're going to see it throughout the rest of the lineup, and that only bodes well for the Islanders going forward. I think it's still a lot of ground to make up, but they, this is a team that can do it. But it's going to be tough because it's going to be a condensed schedule. It's it's going to be really tough playing that many games. I mean, the only thing that really bodes well for them is that three weeks that was penciled in for the Olympics in February. They spread some of those games out for them, and they have what do they have now? About seven games in hand that they have to play to get back to yeah. even with the rest of the division. I mean, that's fourteen possible points, and they're sixteen behind. So if they win three quarters of them, they're right where they need to be. Exactly. Trade deadline coming, boy, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, mean, I don't look, think could turn around and be sellers to get rid of all the guys to teams that are going to make the playoffs and get more youth. They may, they may just go, you know what, this isn't good enough to get us back to the finals by the trade deadline, and who knows what Lamarillo is going to do. Well, but then again, they could be a buyer, and they could go after a guy like Jacob Chickering to yeah. – yeah, he's back end with a who's a great puck moving defenseman who's a two way defenseman. Stellar shut down. That's something that they need on that second pair. So or, they could do, they could do some. Yeah, or Klingberg. So I don't think they could be sellers. I don't. No, the they can't be sellers. No, they cannot be sellers. Not 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 sellers to take, but certain old guy, older guys that they were planning on for youth, for more speed, like we were say, like Jim was saying. At the beginning, which is the difference that they're going to, that's kind of turned it around a little bit on the trot system, is all I'm saying. Jesus, if I was them, I'd hit Seattle up, who's going nowhere, and see if I can get Mr. Eberly back. Yeah, uh, that's the, the issue is his contract and I how know. much they. Yeah, that's the issue with a lot of it. It's all salary cap, and that's why you know Kenny Holland was saying like earlier in the week when he was talking about, oh well, you guys want me to make a trade? Well, it's really hard to make a trade right now. With COVID and the tough trade market, everybody's up against the cap. There's really not a lot of moves to make right now. But right, because of the fact that we missed so many games, the, the games that should have been played, we should have been further along in the season for people to know who should be a buyer and who should be a seller. And right now there's so many teams on the bubble that everyone's afraid to make a move or can't afford to make a move. Well, and speaking, that's a great transition because, you know, a guy like Thomas Hurdle, who's for the San Jose Sharks, his name's been linked a lot to the New York Rangers in regards to trade talks. However, 
the Sharks are the second wild card in the in the Western Conference right now. They can't trade anybody they, now. They can't no. trade anybody yet because no. they're still in the thick of things. Would Hurdle be a great addition to the Rangers? Absolutely, along with a bunch of other guys. I mean, you know, another name I've heard is Chris Tierney from Ottawa would be a great um, third line center for them. You put him between Barkley, Gaudreau, and, and Lafreniere. Now that's a, a formidable line right there. But the Rangers have been playing really well. I mean, Igor Shesterkin coming back He's has really helped maker. this team. Amazing. He's such a difference maker. I mean, Jake, you you know when a goaltender's on like that, it makes us guys in front of him feel like we can take some chances that we normally wouldn't take. You know, no knock on to Georgiev, but you got to play a tighter defensive game with a guy like that. And if you watch the Rangers play against San Jose the other night, they they pushed the offense. Like, there were a few breakaways, and they don't worry about breakaways against Shesterk, and he eats it. No. It, he, how many times does he keep coming back? He gets into, comes back, and it's like he didn't miss a beat. There's, there's, there's no rust. It's, you watch him, and he, he's so in tune. It's, it's, like, it's just like what he's doing is, is automatic. It's just like second nature to him. He looks so big, and he's not the tallest goalie either. And he gives no, away not. such a big presence when you're looking to take a shot. He's already psychologically making guys and shooters go, what do I do? It's not a little longer. He, like, he comes out. He comes out. He's not worried what the shooter's going to do. The shooter's worrying, like, how am I going to get it past this guy? He's making the shooters think more than he has to think. He's reacting. And he's just, it's so natural. Watching him, it's no, so natural. It's not a, oh, I need to go down on the knee right now because my coach told me to do it. Kind of, he, it's great. Watch, there's like maestro. There's like guys that like flurry for all the years. I always enjoyed watching him play the way he played net certain different styles. It's, it's, it's just natural. Um, hopefully he stays healthy and they get enough work for Gorgiev. And well, that's, how the, and that's how he stays healthy. Is and, exactly. and they're so deep on defense with defensemen. Schneider, another Schneider. Braden Schneider. Remember? Braden Schneider. I know. Pick. I know you're not liking it, Jim. I know you're not liking it because we traded in front of the Devils to get no, him. No, I mean, it was a smart – but the thing is, it was a smart it, play. I mean, you look yeah. at it, not not to, like, bring other sports into it, but all – you know, the Giants fans in the NFL make – you know, Joe Judge making excuses about this team tanking, that team tanking, but they ultimately went and got a, a difference-maker type player. Maybe the Devils weren't looking at Schneider. Maybe they were. Who knows? But the Rangers made the move to trade in front of them and get a great, a good defenseman. And they and are showing for the reason. And right, he, exactly. The Rangers were so stockpiled with young defensemen. I don't think anybody thought they'd make a move to get another one. You see how physical and everything. He didn't seem. He was psyched. You see him on the bench. This guy is a guy you don't have to wire up. No. I mean, and he's big. And their defense needs to get bigger, especially if they're going to make the playoffs or a run. And he's the physicality. Now you have Lunquist. You have all these young guys. Well, he's on the way. Lundqvist is the odd man out if Schneider's in. Yeah, he right, exactly. And was it um, number six? He seems to be the rookie. He seems to be the rookie that's gonna, who's who they want maybe with him with Schneider down he's the road. A rusher. He's, he's the a offensive guy. They have a lot they could trade to fill those gaps, like you were saying, Jim. If they yeah, need to exactly. make that kind of trade from a from a surplus. That they have on the farm, 
they need to get better on the bottom six. And, and they do. I mean, they still need depth down there. But, you know, if if Schneider and Trouba are going to be physical presence, you're going to let the other guys like uh, – same with like Lindgren too with, with Fox. If you're going to have the right guys with the right defensemen – you, those puck moving defensemen don't have to worry about anything, and they could just play your their game like you see without Colorado with McCarr and Byram and and Taves. You put them with the right guys, they're going to flourish. The Rangers are doing the same thing, and then of course you know offensively they're playing well. I still like I've said before numerous times on the show. I still think they need to add a depth forward just to balance everything out. I mean, if you're going to move Lafreniere up to top six, which he flourished there before he got put on COVID protocol, which eventually is going to be there. So maybe, you know, you're going to test some things out before you decide to make an offer to Strom or whatever they want to do with that. But personally, I think they should resign him. But like you said, Shesterkin is the star, uh, is the straw that stirs a drink. This is the this is why goalies should be put in a hard trophy race because they ultimately can be MVPs of the league because sometimes they are the best player on their team and they may are the difference maker. That's what the hard trophy is. It's not the guy with the most points. It's not the best player. It's the most valuable player to his team. And there's no question Shesterkin is the most valuable player on this Ranger team. There are two different teams with him or without him. I mean, there's still – although I want to take a step back. Think about the way we were talking about this team last year. Wholesale changes, all the things that needed to be done. This is missing. That's missing. Now we're talking about tweaks. In right, one exactly. Year, yeah. In one year. And it's because of the fact that they stayed patient. They didn't go like the Rangers used to do in the old days, and they would have traded these young guys for some retread veteran who was going to help them immediately, a slightly, a little bit. They stayed the course. You know, wow. give credit to J.D. and Jeff Gordon. They put together a team that was really good. You give a lot of credit to Gerard Glan because he's the right coach for this team. Exactly. Like I was going to say, like they didn't – I mean – they stayed the course to a sense, but they didn't because they made the change to get tougher and everything, and they, they wanted J.D. and Gordon but, out. But they didn't lose anything to get tougher. They didn't go – No, they you. did not. No, they no. didn't. They didn't get – they didn't lose anything. And this is where everybody projected them to be anyway. They're winning despite – the like like I said last week, poor analytics. It doesn't matter what analytics tell you. What It tells me what is in the score – what's in the standings. This isn't baseball. Exactly. Chemistry – Chemistry and intangibles, you can't doesn't teach. Rate hard. It works. Exa it doesn't. Teams exactly. aren't built on paper. And the Rangers are winning, and that's all that matters. And another and team that different ways. Exactly, they are. They're finding different ways to win it, and that's what you need. And when you have a stellar goaltender, Vezina type goaltender back there, it, it definitely helps. And you could see that they're going to be a good team. And this is where the next step was going to be. This was, you know, them making the playoffs this year is is going to prove to James Dolan and everybody else to decide to make changes. Okay, it was the right thing to do, but they had to make the playoffs because if they didn't, it would have been on him. But another team that is finding ways to win and continue to find ways to win is the Boston Bruins. They're looking really good, um, you know, now with the, you know, the reemergence. I should say they have Tugaras back in between the pipes. He played really well against Philly, who the Rangers play, I believe, today. Right, Mark? They play, the, they play Philly tonight at 7 o'clock uh big game uh return home nice to see uh the boys in blue from a little bit back so you know that'll be a good or is it a philly you know what i'm starting to doubt myself now but i know i know the game's at seven o'clock tonight that's for sure. i think that's, it, that's important uh i just want to go on a little bit of a rant with boston and uh, it's I in philly tonight star game the uh, number one i'll start with no sid and no marshawn in the all-star game 
like those are two stars that I want to tune in and see. I don't love all star games, but I love all stars, and those guys are all stars and future Hall of Famers, and I can't see them in an all star game, and that doesn't make me happy. All right, well, you know, this was a topic where I was going to save for a little later, but now that you brought it up, here's my Sorry. feeling on. No, it's okay because you know this is how this show. You know, we we flow. It it goes in whatever. Um. <laughs> It just flows and it organically comes up and it's fine. I agree with you, but here's the thing. I don't care anymore because the people that get up in arms about an all-star game are getting up in arms about a gimmick. Like it's a spectacle. It's a spectacle. It's about the sponsors, about the fans, about that, like the outdoor game. I'm not, I don't care. Like I didn't even know the rosters were announced until people were making up in arms. They they were supposed to be announced in sports center. They talked about NFL before they even got in, got to it. And then, I saw that and I'm like, okay. And then I saw the roster. I was like, all right, what's the big deal here? I'm like, yeah, I understand. And then Nate McKinnon yesterday says, okay, if it's going to be an all-star game, not every team should be represented. You should have true all-stars. It's not a participation game, which he's right. So if it's going to be a true all-star game, then have the best players there or do what they do in the NBA is you have extra players voted in for the skills competition. They only do that. And some players only do it for the game. Which I, I wouldn't that. have a problem with. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah. But I mean, no Sid. I mean, seriously, that's a first ballot Hall of Famer who's still in his prime, and he's 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 done so much to make Pittsburgh a resurgent team this year, and and a lot of it is because he's taken a little bit of a step back and made other people better, and yet no All Star game from that. That's a that's a crowning award for players, whether they play or not. They want to be asked to play. You, you know what? Um... Yeah, that whole needing one person from every team on. I mean, look, the NH, the All Star game is 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 a is a horror show for goalies. They don't, Terrible you know. I mean, no I mean, so you know what? You know what? Shashurskin wasn't, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying because he's a Ranger. Oh, I'm glad he's not. There. You know, there are guys that have been Sid. Sid was hurt most of the year, so now he's paying for the fact that if you have to. You have someone on, and he wasn't here most of the year. But Marshawn, you know, yeah. I he, think the thing with Marshawn is, I think that's a little – that's payback for what he said about the Olympics. So. Yeah. Because <laughs> if they asked him to go, I'm not sure he would want to go. And I think uh, it's payback for – Honestly, though, if you're a Boston fan, it's better off that the guy gets rest. Exactly, because the Boston Bruins are playing really well now. And, and you're like, how many other guys? Now, if it was a true all-star game, it would be basically made up of Toronto guys, Florida guys, Tampa guys, and Boston guys. That's fine. That's what the Atlantic division would be. And I have no problem with that. No, because I don't. those are the best teams in the division right now. Maybe if you want to throw – maybe if you want to throw a bone to, like, um, uh, uh, Cider or a Lucas Raymond in Detroit or a guy like that or Dylan Larkin, you could throw, like – F- figure out a way to do out of those five teams. Well, I have no problem I think with that. Injured now, yeah. so I think that's <laughs> right. So you could throw a Raymond in there. You could throw a Cider. So somebody like that. So like I think they got it right with the Ranger choices. You know, I think I think I think a Fox was obviously that was a foregone yeah. conclusion. And Kreider's having a career year, and so those were the two picks. I, that that makes total sense to me. But I just say I just can't see an All Star game without Sid. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, he put, you know, he's been elected before and chose not to go. So, I mean, so that's payback too again. That could be payback. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's payback. What they're doing I, to get it no, together. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that's payback. I, you know, guys have opted out, out of the game before when they're elected because they chose choose rest over going yeah. to a game because they, you know, it's like okay, how? Yeah, it's a great honor. They all say it's a great honor, but how many times do you want to play in a, in a row? Because the NHL All-Star game, like most All-Star games, has lost their luster. And it's exactly. just like, okay, you know what, whatever. It's not like the 1990s when we were watching these All-Star games and it was full of, like, I love stars. Yeah. Yeah. The skills well, competition alone was just like, you, you, you love to watch the skills competition with all those guys with wooden sticks rifling 100 miles an hour shots. Wooden yeah. sticks, baby. Wooden it's, sticks. It's, it's just not the same. <laughs> Petrified but, wood like me. But anyway, so you know, with the Bruins, you know, you mentioned Marshawn, he had a hat trick. Pasternak had a hat trick. They have Rask back. They're moving pieces around to play better. It's interesting that they now they move Pasternak down the second line with Eric Hall as the second line center. They're getting more offense there. Just these little tweaks by Bruce Cassidy has made this Bruins team a formidable foe in the Atlantic Division. I I couldn't agree more. And 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 if you think of the Bruins franchise. Go back to the late '60s, when the when the Bruins emerged as an elite franchise. Have they really had any downtime since then to now? The continu. I mean, I mean, I understand like Bruins fans are like, well, they didn't win during the Ray Bork era, but they still were always a contender. They made the finals a number of times. When has this franchise ever been a rebuild? I just think that they've always had their, you know, what together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even from Thomas in the net, you know, those I, years. I mean, just give me a time when you could say the Bruins for those you can't. were horrible. You can't. You, you can't. can't. You can't. And I don't think they. I don't think the franchise gets enough credit for, you know, I mean, starting way back with Harry Sinden and running all the way to where they are today. I mean, they just have always been that team that doesn't lose. They don't rebuild. They don't get to the bottom. I mean, like. We're loving what the Rangers are doing right now. Don't get me wrong, but they went from boom, and they had to build it back up again. The Bruins just always do it on the fly, and like maybe I mean the, now with these with this team. I mean, maybe the only time you could say they were in a true rebuild is before they won the cup in eleven, like a few years in the mid two thousands, where they had a they, but, but they got, weren't bottom barrel. No, they were not. They were not bottom barrel, but they did go through a slight rebuild, maybe missed the playoffs here and there a little bit, and then put it together. So, but they, they were never, but they've been a model of consistency for a very long 50, time. And you have over 50 years. They're a good team. They, yeah. and, and you think when you think they're like, same with the Pittsburgh, now that they have Geno back and, and, you know, with the way they're playing, you think this is the year that they're going to finally like take the downswing. And they're proving everybody wrong. They're just still continuously in the mix. They are. Their defense has definitely picked up their, you know, that tenacity and quickness. And Jari hasn't dipped. You know, his play hasn't dipped. So just like Pittsburgh, just like Boston, just like Detroit, some of these teams were just never allowed to, you know, like what the Rangers did, pack it in and say we're going to rebuild. Well, like well Detroit did pack like, it in for about they won't allow years. it. Yeah, exactly. Detroit's done that, and and they're reaping the benefits. You know, a well, team, team 
a team. That's a good point on Detroit because they made a subtle move this week that I don't think a lot of people noticed. Yo, Nick Lindstrom, Nick yeah. Lindstrom into the front office. But it's interesting that he's staying in Sweden, and usually the president of hockey operations is, is in is with the team in North America. Well, but maybe they want him scouting those European players. Right, and get back to what they had with those European players, especially on the back end. But that's exactly. a great move. Bringing, bringing yeah. Lindstrom in is, a, is an excellent move. I mean, yeah, arguably I mean, the second best defenseman in NHL history. I mean, yeah. we have what we're doing right now. He doesn't need to – I mean, if he needs to be put him on a big screen live and make it virtual, if he show, showed up, I'll punch you in the face. I'm talking it's, to you. I'm not saying Stevie Y knows what he's doing. Oh, Stevie Y builds teams. He does. He does build teams. He really he, does. I he's mean, the Jerry West of hockey. Hockey – Hockey, it's it's a hockey scout knowing players for their what it's like the meshing, the chemistry. It, it, it just put another guy in like they do in Pittsburgh, what they've done in in moving Pasternak to the second line. Yeah, it's the perfection line, but all those guys could score on their own. Now you just got two lines of scorers because Pasternak just broke out of his streak on the second line, right? Yeah, exactly. Have one basket and have one, and line that was their problem. I mean, had one line scoring. Now you, but, now you got this chemistry working. I, two and, lines and down. If, and if you ever need to go back to it, it's there. Like yeah. how many years did Chicago go back to? Like yeah, Kane and Taves were apart, but when crunch time came, they were playing together. So you could always go back to that line. It's not like you don't have to. It's not like it's not there. You it's have kind of the mix it. that Edmonton should be doing with Drysaddle and McDavid. Right, instead of always relying on one egg. And this is – and this, you know, you talk about depth scoring. And, Jay, this is a great segue into Colorado. They've figured that out now, too. They've figured out, okay, wait a minute now. We just can't rely on Rantanen and McKinnon and Landeskog to do everything. We need to balance it out. Now when you add an Azam Kadri to the mix, who's having a career year as a free agent, 40 – close to 50 points in 31 games. He's he's playing great. And he's behaving. And he's behaving. Yeah, now yeah. we'll see come play playoff time. But when the top guys were out, he was moved up to the first line. There was a reason why Toronto drafted him where they did because they they knew what Kadri was going to be, and he continues to be a, a great the player for the potential them. Potential was ever ever you know debated. It was other things. It was the maturity. Well, I mean, like, him, like 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 Mike Marshawn. They kind of like Marshawn learned. Like they were talking. He's kind of toned down how he does those real dirty plays that he doesn't have to. He's so skilled. Kaji right, may exactly. have learned something. Like, listen, I keep shooting myself in the foot. Let me look at a team I'm on. Let me just play, you know? And I mean, and, and with that team, you have Makar, Byron. I mean, you have all these guys. And it's the thing is, like, all the guy, all those guys are, are making the headlines, but Kadri continues to produce, and they have balanced scoring throughout the lineup. The only thing that's going to stop Colorado is goaltending. Goaltending. Yeah, it looks like their Kemper's kind of losing some faith. Now they're playing Franzos, who just came off, who was the backup to Grubauer last year. And he's a, right he's a, he's a right-handed goalie. He catches with his right hand. And he came off, and they're giving him a lot of starts in there. He came in the other day, and, he, and, and he, they replaced Kemp, him with Kemper. Kemper yeah. with him. And they won the game. Um, I mean, it's like Florida. How many six, seven goal game? You're not gonna, like you're saying. They're gonna, there are a lot of things that are gonna happen at this trading deadline. Teams are gonna be like, we're not good enough. We're going for the cup. They're gonna have to make deals. And 
I think it's going to be very exciting come trade deadline with these what deals are going to be made to try and I win think the cup. During the trade year. deadline, Jimmy's going to get no sleep. Oh my God, I'm probably going to take the day off because it's the trade deadline. <laughs> take the day off, and he's going to and he's going to have to like uh, sit there with vitamin C and and maybe get an IV or something. I mean, not like the two guys need to take a nap. The two best days on the calendar: free agency and the trade deadline. Because mm -hmm. it just doesn't stop. It's it's all day, and even but leading up to the deadline and all that stuff, the phone never doesn't stop. But you know, you talk about subtle moves, right? Let's talk about Toronto for a minute, right? And a subtle move they made this year, and everybody criticized some of their signings, and you know, I was one of them. But, but how about the, the right? But how about the addition of Andre Kasha to that team and what he's brought to that team? You know, he's one of those guys that has, you know, started to produce. And, again, adding depth scoring, adding a physicality. He's staying healthy. That's a key for him. And he's playing well for Toronto. And it's given, you know, guys comfort to do their own thing because they don't have to go fight for the puck. You're seeing with, you know, how they replaced Zach Hyman with Michael Bunting on the first line. Yep. You know, it's it's not always now. We don't have, always have to rely on the big guys to score goals. We're getting production throughout the lineup. Well, I think they, after all these years of first-round knockouts, they learned that the team they built was built for the regular season, and they needed to make moves to get this team more playoff ready. They, they knew they couldn't sign Zach Hyman because the money he wanted for what he what he adds to the team, and, and there's no knock on the guy. The guy's a glue guy. You love having guys like that on, on your team, but can you give them 5 or $6 million? And if you're Toronto, you can't. Because they've got a lot of money invested in some top guys, four scorers, and they need. And now a defenseman starting next, and, and a defenseman starting next year. Yep. And what does Riley get a big contract coming next year, right? So yeah, his, his contract. And Campbell's a free agent. I mean, and Campbell's a free agent. They're going to have to pay him. They're going to have to pay Kasha. They're going to probably bring back Spezza. You know, they they have. Well, well, this is this is their go for broke year, I think. Yes, it is. Kasha was with the um, Anaheim, wasn't he? He was with Anaheim. Then he was traded I'm to saying, Boston, and then he, they and then they put he, him on. Then they released him, and then he signed in Toronto. He's 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 the kind of guy I would like to see the Rangers kind of go out and get for your bottom six for what you need. Great, great pickup by Toronto, learning a little bit from their mistakes of guys they let go to that they needed for the playoffs when they made it, and learn a lesson from it. Maybe they'll. Ride with Campbell. He doesn't get hurt. He deserves well, the recognition I mean, he's getting. I, I just I like what Toronto did. I think they got themselves smarter and tougher, and I think they got themselves more playoff ready. and And that's an and that's an important thing. They can if they can win two to one, three to one, three to two games. That's gonna be that's gonna be what's gonna get them through the playoffs. They're not gonna outscore people, you know, six to four in the playoffs. That those games don't exist. No, exactly. Yeah. And they, and they have to clean up a couple of things. I mean, obviously, the, yeah. the blown lead against Colorado in the third period. I, I And Campbell put it all on him, and it wasn't on Campbell because he played great. No. He played unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and, that and, game and, in Arizona. Do you watch the game in Arizona? I mean, I mean, that goalie stood on his head in I mean, Arizona. And, 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 and you game. have the coach coming out of the game saying, oh, we weren't ready to go and all this stuff. I'm like, what game were you watching? Because they peppered 46 shots at him. All quality scoring chances, and I, I think Matthews had about eleven shots alone. Yeah, and they, you know, just yeah. again, the last three games, a little breakdown here and there leads to a late third period goal, 
And I think that's just something that they're just going to have to clean up to make sure that doesn't happen in the playoffs because that could be the, the killer and the backbone and what kills the, the, um, the, the Maple Leafs playoff chances because they have a team that can get out of the first round this year. And they need Mrazek to regain some of that old form so they can give Campbell some rest. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I agree because he is facing Campbell a lot of shots now. Too. He's, fa- and I, and he's facing more shots than he was. As the, as the season's going, if they're giving up a lot more shots. And that'll burn out a goalie. It's an 82-game season. They're going to need that tandem to get him to the deep in the playoffs. You can't. We've can't said like this Campbell. for three seasons now. You don't win with one goalie. You got to have a goalie tandem where they're playing 60-40. Exactly. That's why, always, that's why I always push the tandem part. You have to, but, you, but you have to push the tandem part because, you know, no one, you know, they brought Mrazek in, they signed him this contract. Oh, Campbell's going to be, can, Campbell continues to prove he can be a starter in the league. And that's what's making Toronto so good. Like you said, if Mrazek can pick up his act, now Toronto's got something going because they don't have to wear out Campbell before the playoffs. Exactly. It's important, I think. Um. But, yeah, no, I, I'm like what Toronto's doing. A lot of these teams, you know, L.A. is another team out west. Like the Sharks are in the playoff position. That mm-hmm. Instead of being a seller, they're going to be a buyer. I like what they're doing there, you know, with the addition of Deneau. You know, it opens up things for uh, Kopitar. You know, we've talked about them before, a little West Coast bias. You know, there was talk about maybe Quick being traded, but the way he's playing now and Cal Peterson, again, the tandem, as Jay has mentioned, Drew yep. Doughty. So they, they potentially could be a player for Chikrin, you know, it's it's interesting because, Mark, like you said earlier, we normally at this time have an idea who's going to be buyers and sellers. Right now, we no, have no. no idea because – We have no idea. It's, it's, no. it's far, outside of Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal, Arizona, Seattle. Everything is still in play, and even Chicago. Everything, everybody's still in play. Think about it two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Washington, the odds-on favorite to win their division. All of a sudden, a slump, and now they're sitting at the number three spot in the division, and they're going down fast. So you don't know what's going on because the season is so is so fluky with, with the COVID protocols and the canceled games, and I think everyone expected they were going back to normalcy, and the league just didn't get a good handle on it, but nobody knows. I mean, if you're Montreal, you know. If you're Buffalo, you know. But the three California teams, no one expected them to be contenders, and sure as heck they are now. So they're not dealing. If they're dealing, they're 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 bringing in. They're not selling anymore. No, I agree. They're not. They're not going to be sellers. You know, they're not selling. I, no, and I mean, and we can even mention like a team like New Jersey. They, you know, who knows if they're going to be a seller because they're still playing well. I mean, they're not what playing about, for what about Columbus, who we in the, we buried in the eighth spot in the beginning of the year. I mean, I think. Yeah, they're still playing well, but the thing is with Columbus that they're starting to fade a little bit, you know, just because they just don't have the offense. And I agree. I, and I don't I know if Corpus Allen is going to be games staying there. Or the trade deadline to completely fade out of it, where they say it's a no-brainer. They're trading. They're selling. The, the, the Devils lost Bernier for the season. Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, they, they're going to have to make if they're going to think of making a playoff run this year. They're going to need to make a deal to. Give some Blackwood some veteran um, breaks. You, you can't if it, to make a playoff run by the trade deadline. They'll know. Yeah, they'll know yeah, by the I deadline. Think the I'm... Devils have made a lot of great, gained a lot of ground since last year, 
and they had mm-hmm. them as a fringe team to make the playoffs this year. But I, I think with the with the strength of this division, I I don't think that's in the cards for them. And in which case, they could make some really smart deals for next year and and help some other teams out, but also help themselves for the future. They have, they have Hughes and Herschel. They have Hughes and Herschel to build off of, and then I'll. I mean. But they, they found something. What they what they found with you know they've had a lot of COVID issues, but you've you've seen you know Hughes playing with Brat. They've got a nice da- dynamic duo there. You had Tatar in the mix. You're throwing Sharon Govich on the line now with Heesheer. They're starting to to mi- mix it up. Dawson Mercer's down the middle. They're really set down the middle. They have a nice fourth line with VZ Bastion and, and McLeod. And McLeod's been a great waiver claim for them because they probably should have never gotten rid of him and put him on waivers. But now they, he's found his the Miles yeah. Wood roll on a power play, and he's really come into his own. So the Devils have some nice things. They just got to get healthy on defense. They can add something here and there. But they're looking pretty good going forward as well. I, they're they're moving in the right direction. They is just, Hamilton out for the whole – is Hamilton uh, out? No, I think he'll be back soon because he, he has a broken jaw. So – yeah. No, they had it's a broken jaw, so he had oh, jaw broken surgery. jaw. I'm sorry. So they'll probably wire him up and get him a, a, a helmet <laughs> to come back in. Give him the Chara treatment. That's hockey plays. Exactly. So they, they'll figure that one out. But uh, you know, Graves was a good addition. I think if they find these little finds, they're going to be able to to do some things. Yeah, some guys have slowed down a little bit because of the COVID break, but they're playing well and they're taking the steps in the right direction. And the mistakes early on in the season that were really prevalent aren't as prevalent anymore. Yeah, there's a couple, but they're not as head big head scratchers anymore. No, I, I think that I think next year is their year to contend for a playoff spot. I think this year it's still a step too far based on what I'm seeing. And that gives them a chance to make really strategic trades at the trade deadline and bring in guys who are going to help them in the future and maybe get themselves even better in the cap. And that's not exactly. a bad thing. It's, it's Lindy not a been, white flag. It's 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 cementing your building blocks. I've been I've been saying all along, Lindy Ruff is always a much better head coach than just an assistant defensive coach. Wow, well, Buffalo he wasn't a good assistant defensive years, coach. He's, he's very he's proven to be pretty good and, at uh, you know leading leading a team. But the, but the funny part is the turnaround started when he was on COVID protocol and then Lee Nazardine was behind the bench. So. Oh, yeah. okay. So you know, and they've and they've continued, but you know, I think they're starting to find some things. They're making the little tweaks. They're starting to put skill with skill. They're doing the right things. So we'll see what the Devils do um, going forward. They're, on the they're right off. Track. There's no they're, they're definitely on the right track. They're they're I'm more optimistic going forward now than I was. Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, it's going to be interesting because there's so many good teams out there. Florida continue to be the top of my power rankings and the top of the league. They're playing so well. Um, anything else before we get out of here for today? Oh gosh, uh, I guess we. One thing I want to throw out there for a little bit of a chuckle: Does anybody recognize any of those names on on the uh, USA Olympic team that that just got published? Because I didn't recognize Ooh. anything. <laughs> I mean, the only the only guys I know on that team are the guys that were going to play at the World Juniors this year, and good right. for them for playing like Anderson and Beniers and Kynes and Brisson from last year. And I think the those youngest guys, team you know, since '94, I believe. Yeah, but you know what? This team's motivated because three of those guys know what it takes to win gold medal, or four of those guys know what it takes to win gold medals on an international stage. And not only that, three of those guys had their international competition stopped, so they're going to want to prove what they can do on the, on the top stage. 
I, 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 I actually love when the younger guys play in the Olympics. It's a good, it's a good proving ground for them as opposed to putting the, the vets and the pros in there. I like to see the kids play. Yeah, listen, like me and you lived through Mark from the 80s. Yep. It was all collegiate. It wasn't the pros. If there's yep. going to be, if you could ever call a miracle again, this may be the year. If it ever happens, they win the gold. The young, youngest team in United States history. No one expects nothing from them. Go win the gold. It, it, because no one will expect it. Whenever you have the pros in, you kind of expect it because you have the pros in. We didn't have it that way when we were growing up. It was collegians yeah. playing against the Russian <laughs> men's professionals. Yeah, I mean, so kind of kids and let, let the young kids enjoy it. I, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree. I love the idea of it. I just thought when I looked at the roster, I scratched my head to say, not a, not any real household names on there compared to what we were expecting, you know, about four weeks ago. But it's good for the kids, no question about it. The Olympics was always supposed to be about amateurs and never about professionals. And so mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. It'll be interesting to see what other countries bring. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll be interested to see. We know Russia is going to be loaded. Sweden will be loaded. Yeah, they're going to bring Finland. people from the KHL. We know it. We know it. Um, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good day of hockey starting at 1 in about 15 minutes. There's going to be puck drop. Islanders play at 2. Rangers tonight at 7. Uh, it should be a fun game tonight on the network if you have it. It's uh, Toronto and St. Louis, so that should be a fun game. Um, but, you know, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Today, the last one on Hockey Season 3, Episode 12 here on the Mad Radio Network. Uh, we will see you again next week, and enjoy your Saturday. Take care.